0: so welcome back to the icy pixels podcast this is anthony and this is david um this
1: episode we actually have a guest that we're going to talk to it's been a while since we had a guest on our podcast um so uh the person we're talking to i guess i've known him wow probably like 20 years i don't know it's been a long time that i've known him uh we met in elementary school, and he's an artist as well, in a different some different spaces. So we're going to talk to him today about what he does and how he got into art and all that type of stuff. So, um, the guest is Charles.
0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? That's that was supposed to be clapping, but
1: oh, okay. I <laughs> I have to edit in some applause in that part Please right there.
2: Do... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> with our live studio audience <laughs> you're gonna have to edit
1: this whole podcast yeah. alright so our guest like I said his name is Charles uh, I met him in fifth grade uh, yeah.
2: that would have been 27 years
1: ago oh my goodness I was like 10. I wasn't 10. Well, I don't know how old I was. So. Yup. Y'all are old. Wow. You're not that much younger. <laughs> but anyway. You have 15 in 5th grade. I'm kidding. But, um... Yeah, yeah. So, we met... Because uh, we, we went to school together. But one of the reasons why we, I guess, connected, maybe, was because we both uh, drew. So... Um, I know in one of our previous episodes, we talked about how we got into art, but how did you, Charles, end up, like, why did you start drawing and what got you
2: into that? Well, you know, it's one of those things where I had really been drawing since I could remember. You know, ever since, Well, you, you know, I guess drawing is one of those things that all kids look do, you know, you kind of You draw pictures, it's part of, you know, something your parents might, you know, just hand you a sheet of paper, you know, and a pencil or whatever it is, crayon, and tell you to draw something. Um, You know, I just happened to be decent at it, you know. By the time I was four, you know, I could remember drawing some things. And actually, I have a a picture I drew from when I was four. And, you know, it looked halfway decent for a four-year-old. So, it it was kind of one of those things where it's just a, a talent that I had naturally.
1: Did you, I guess, because I, I guess I kind of started drawing the same way. I mean, I think most kids start out drawing or are encouraged to try to draw as a, at a young age. But, I mean, did you have something that motivated you to continue? Aside from being halfway decent? I mean, because I'm sure, like, when I was a kid, I mean, like, my kids draw. And they're, they're not bad. But I don't know what would motivate
0: them to continue. Because, you know, a lot of kids... I know Would we've met... be telling them that they're, not, that they're better than just not bad?
1: Well, I mean, because I, I know like, we've met kids <laughs> we went to school with that were decent at drawing, and some of them were actually pretty good, I thought, but a lot of them just didn't pursue it much longer. Like, they did it like, oh, I, I drew a little picture in my notebook, but then they didn't care about it outside of that.
2: Well, you know, I think that uh, w- when kids are very young, you you throw a lot of things at them. You know, you're kind of trying to see what sticks, and you're like, here's some pencil and paper, you know, drawings, that's pretty common. Here's a ball and a bat, you know, here's this, here's that, all these things, you know, to see if they have any type of interest, you know, in any of them, or if they excel at any of them right off the bat. So, you know, the fact that I uh, excelled at drawing, you know, they probably just handed me more paper and pencils you know, then something else that I perhaps maybe wasn't as good at or, you know, not as interested in. Like as far as um, like rapping or
1: something. Rapping? You mean like you mean spitting bars? Yeah, like I mean, did you, did they ever hand you a microphone and be like, oh no 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 Charles, you need to draw?
2: No no <laughs> they, they didn't. You know, my parents, <laughs> you know, they were pretty old school, so. You know, now they might have, if they would have heard me singing something, you know, they probably would have probably, you know, said something like, oh, you know, he sings pretty good. But, you know, none of that. Like, say, just drawing. And uh, even then, you know, it was probably kind of hard for them to see uh, as I got older, you know, the things that I drew weren't things that, you know, people would typically think you would be able to sell or, or make a profit at or anything like that at that time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, nowadays, people draw the things that I drew. You know, I used to draw these, you know, comic book looking things and some monsters and ghouls and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. And my parents were like, you know, can't you just, you know, draw with Bob Ross and draw these trees and these paintings and something we might could sell? You know, but I, I didn't really have a whole lot of interest in that type of thing. You know, I did watch a lot of Bob Ross. And... Uh, you know, my stuff, it just never, I don't know, that stuff never never really clicked with me, those uh, type of, you know, environment pictures and, and things like that. No, the
0: happy trees didn't speak to you on a spiritual level?
2: Not quite. I tried to do it with my watercolors, but it just, it just never looked good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, like, our grandma used to do a lot of uh, Bob yeah. Ross, well, not Bob Ross style, but she did a lot of watercolor landscape stuff and still life and stuff like that but I I don't know I can do it I just it's not my favorite either
0: well I think for I mean I know like at some point you because I remember yeah growing up it was like we probably were all similar we drew stuff but it wasn't like we weren't drawing to like I'm expressing myself I'm expressing my soul you know it wasn't like that it was just like let me draw something that people was going to think is, is cool you know at school or whatever or you know you, you weren't putting that much thought into it
2: Yeah, that was, you know, very early, yeah, you know, drawing things that people thought were cool, you know, that was definitely, you know, that was a thing when you were young, but, you know, you got older, people, you know, only other artists really cared about your drawings, you know, and other people, you know, they didn't really care about the art you were drawing, you know, it's more like, you know, they were more interested in, you know, let's go over here and do this thing or let's try and talk to some girls or... Shoot some basketball, Mm -hmm. have you? So, you know, it kind of, um, you know, wasn't as popular as you got older. For me, anyway. Yeah.
0: At some point, oh, David mentioned drawing girls' names in bubble letters kind of dried up after a while. Yeah, I mean, there was a
1: time when uh, drawing a girl's name in some fancy format would get you a little ways. It, It definitely wouldn't, like, close the deal for you, but you could. It helped a little bit, I'd say.
2: How old were we? Were we closing deals at that age? I don't. Know. <laughs> closing
0: the deal. Yeah, closing the idea. deal is relative. Like looks a lot different in, in the-
1: elementary school. <laughs> that might have just—I don't know what that entailed exactly. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely have uh, drawn pictures for
0: girls, and they liked it. Um, but yeah, it, it, and that's good as closing the deal. <laughs> <laughs> nah, whatever. So, uh. A firm handshake was good
2: <laughs> no, That was base back in those days.
0: <laughs> That's good enough. <laughs> but, um,
1: okay, so. Did your parents, like, send you to art classes or something like that? Or did they encourage you to continue? Um, well, I guess this is a two-part question because, like, um, I think there's a lot of people that can do art and are in, like, interested in creative fields and stuff like that but i think a lot of times either you don't see the examples around you growing up or your parents kind of discourage you like no nah, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer or a nurse or whatever and so a lot of people that have these creative creative talents just end up being you know just working at ups or something so did your parents like did you have an example of somebody like you saw growing up that said hey that made you feel like hey this is something i could do long term as a career and did your parents like encourage you to go in that direction
2: not at all no my parents didn't really uh push me in the direction of art and uh you know for me you know art was just a thing that i was i was pretty good at so it was a thing that i did mostly when i was supposed to be doing something else so you know, I found often as I got older. When I was younger, I used to draw a, a pretty good amount, even in my free time. But as I got older, you know, I found that I only would really draw when I was supposed to be doing something else. So, you know, it was more like a I don't I don't know. You know, I don't know if I was as passionate about it as I should have been. Um, you know, I did uh, take art classes when I went to college, and. You know, I felt that I was, you know, I I mean, I was pretty good, you know, in my class, but I don't know if the passion was truly there to really, uh, you know, be successful at art, you know, make money. You know, it's kind of, you know, art is one of those things that is kind of, it can be tough to to really find a niche and find your way to make money, you know. like, when it comes to artists, uh, you know, you take, you watch a, a movie, you know, now everything's 3D, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's kind of a different art, you know, you don't necessarily have to even be good with a pencil and a paper, uh, to, you know, and you can still work on, you know, maybe some type of movies if you have some type of skills and things like that, you know, and, and now things have gone, you know, into computers and knowing Uh, you know, different software and things to make your art. But uh, back in the day, you know, when things were more hand-drawn, you know, I mean, there's there's, it's just like there's a ton of really talented artists behind, you know, these cartoons and, you know, these movies and all these things that that we would watch. And, you know, to me, I'm sure many of them were as good as me, some better, and, you know, they weren't really uh, making a ton of money you know, I'm sure that they were were doing were comfortable, but you know, thinking that you might get into art, you know, maybe get your name big or or you know whatever, and start selling paintings for you know however many hundreds of dollars or thousands, and, and really make some money. You know, just from everything I had saw, that mostly only happened after artists died. So you know, like, is it Basquiat? Is that the guy? Basquiat. A uh, Basquiat. Best, best, best. He he died a, a a while ago, and you know, didn't he? You know, his, his stuff got kind of big after that, right? Yeah.
0: It got mm-hmm. a little. He, he was kind of popping before he died, but I mean, definitely after he died, it was more. But I mean, like by the time he got popping, I mean, he was only alive for a couple more years before he was right. out of there. So.
2: Right. You know, I always felt like, uh, you know. If, if I was as, as good at singing, for instance, as I was at art, I felt like I could have probably had some decent success at that. You know I just I felt like with, with singing or you know uh, musical types of talents, it seems like the path was uh, maybe a little more clear-cut on you know, what you could do with it, um, yeah. the way you could probably get paid. And make a decent living at it, you know, right off the bat. Um, if you were, you know, if you were good, you didn't really have to be good at it, you know. Auto so, yeah. yeah.
0: It's easy to access for people. Like music is easy. It's it's something that's really easy for most people to understand or look at in value, I guess.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you could just, you know, I, like I say, I can't really name a whole lot of artists who draw and paint that have made a lot of money in their lifetime you know versus how many singers i could probably name that have made pretty good money you know or musicians in general not just singers Yeah, um, i maybe i had a little bit of envy for you know that that singing talent versus you know not that i wasn't appreciative of, of being a you know good you know a drawing but you know so i guess some some talents Seem like they might be more practical, you know, like being six eight and full of muscles. You know, people just they come and they say, hey, you know, you want to play basketball? You wanna, you wanna do this or that, you know? And and you know, there's a path, and, and you do that, and you know, if you're good and you practice and you stay healthy and all that, you know, you go and you can make X amount of dollars, you know, uh, in a sport or something of that nature. Uh, Where, like I say, with art, I don't know if there's any, um, you know, you know what I'm saying. Well, like with singing
0: or you know anything like that, there's the performance aspect of it, and I think visual artists a lot of times, I mean, you can find a way to do bring some performance into it, but it's really not that interesting most of the time. You know, I mean, I've done like live painting and stuff like that, and yeah, it's, I guess it's interesting for people. I mean, I wouldn't stand around and watch it, but. (laughs) They wanted me to come do it, but it's not the same as, like, a performance. Like, you you don't feel like you're really entertaining people.
1: Well, I think also, like, with the... Like you said, with the, like, music and a lot of other things, there's a clear-cut path, and we've seen a bunch of people walk that path before. So, and same with sports. You know exactly what you gotta do. You do these three things, and you're gonna go... You're gonna be in the NFL or NBA, etc. So, it's not like a, um... something you have to figure out whereas with art there i think now there's some more clear cut paths you can take but they're not all not all of them are clear cut it's like i'm good at drawing now how do i turn this into money cuz no one draws anymore like I'm not, i don't want to sell my drawings i want to mm-hmm. do something else so
0: show me the path i would i would say it's easier to find that nowadays partially because of the internet on Instagram I can find like mad artists like right. easily now that I wouldn't have found you know how would I know they existed you know otherwise absolutely but, you know now yeah it's super easy for me to find them
1: <laughs> and it's easy so, for you to give them I mean, money and, and to that's me. how
0: you just
2: right yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It,
0: though. <laughs> I'm running a promotion on my page right now nobody's giving me money yet but um, anyway uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, just like, um, just like on that show, you remember that show, David, um, that abstract yeah. show. There's that black guy that's a car designer. That was like, oh, oh, really? You know, <laughs> yeah. Because up until now, if somebody said, "Oh, a car designer," that he's not who you would have picture that's you know designing like you know head designer for chrysler and all. yeah i never like
1: that that's that was a pretty good strong example for me too because like when i was a kid like i knew i i knew i could draw pretty good and stuff like that but designing cars was not even a career path i thought was possible from drawing i never connected the two and i think that's something that's why i think it's useful as a kid to see some examples Of people who are in a creative field or something doing something similar to you, because then you can kind of say, "Oh, okay, that's how." There, there's an option here for me where I could actually, you know, be successful. I don't have to just, you know, be one of the regular people that works at UPS. Right.
2: (laughs) and why you gotta put UPS on blast like Yeah, no, I mean like FedEx is hiring (laughs) Anyway, both of our
0: both of our listeners may work at UPS. Nothing's wrong with that.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I agree definitely with what you guys are saying. Um, you know, it's you know it, it, when you're talking about car design. You know, me personally, I've always been a gearhead, so actually designing cars was the thing that I did think about. You know, I used to draw a lot of cars, and um, you know, it kind of one thing about it, I guess. That, that was kind of tough was, you know, it wasn't like you could just show up like, you know, I draw cars here's and, you know, draw something and they were like, cool, you know, sign up. You know, it was more like, where's your degree? You know, so a- a- at least at that time now, you know, with the internet, I've heard of people, you know, doing art, on, you know, just pu- pu- putting up their art on the internet and, you know, some people seeing it and putting them into various industries you know, without any type of formal degrees or training or anything like that. But, um, you know, back, like I say, you know, when we are talking kind of before the Internet really became what it is, you know, you kind of had to have a degree in these things. You know, yeah. you kind of had to go take engineering classes, or take a ton of math, you know. Yeah. Uh, industrial design was one of the things I was looking at, which, uh, you know, you might, might, you know, you might could design cars or things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, the guy we were watching, like, he
0: got into it because of, I think he lived in Detroit, and that was part of it. I might be getting that wrong, but, you know, when you're close to it, then you are aware of these options, and then I think somebody recognized, like, oh, you can do this. Somebody gave, you know, kind of walked him to it, which is, you know, that's a good thing or whatever, but, yeah, it's, yeah, nobody, otherwise, without the internet, nobody would know <laughs> how you even. <laughs> go that way without somebody you know already being in the industry.
1: So, uh, the other thing Charles does besides draw, he does uh, 3D modeling stuff. I don't even know the right name for it. 3D stuff. Um, So, yeah, he's a model. (laughs) Um, He's... (laughs) He's a model? (laughs) (laughs) No, he does uh, 3D modeling and 3D animation stuff. So, I went to school for that, but I don't do much of it at all anymore, but he does it. So I was going to ask, um, wh- when didn't, why did you get into that? And then, uh, I guess the second part of that question is how do you, or it, has it been an easy transition from like getting your idea? Like, cause you know, when you're drawing, obviously it's two dimensional. With shading and stuff. You make it look three dimensional, but is it. Have you had trouble like kind of transitioning your ideas from two dimensional to three dimensional? Or do you even draw it first, then uh model it in, you know, whatever software you use?
2: Okay. Well, for me personally, um, you know, I've been doing three D on a small scale. I don't, you know, wanna make it sound like I'm just, you know, really do a lot of three D work, but uh you know, I started doing three D, I'm gonna tell you. You know, the truth, when I was in college, I started doing 3D because I was really making an excuse to use the computer for other things. So I would tell my friends, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to work on this 3D stuff, you know, just to sound like I was going to do something. I'd get to the computer lab in college and do everything but that, you know, so (laughs) it's kind of a kind of excuse. But later on, you know, I started to uh, (laughs) I started to actually work on some 3D stuff. Um, you know, the the basics, and this was you know, kind of back in the day when it was very um, you know, it was, it was pretty difficult you know, and you didn't have all these tutorials like you do now, you know, now that you have YouTube and things you know, you just go, you know, you watch an hour long tutorial on how to make practically anything, you know, and, and then you, you know, if you follow the steps if, if it's a good tutorial, you could just do it but, you know, back in those days, you kind of had to, it was a little discouraging, you know 3D it kind of, how could I put it? It's just like this blankness that's there, and then you kind of are supposed to somehow make something. And it was, like I said, it was kind of tough. You know, I, I started to get the hang of it. Um, I didn't work on it for a while. Recently, past couple of years, I started getting back into it. Like I say, you know, the the technology has progressed so much to where there's so many more tools to use, make things easier. Like I say, there's a lot more tutorials. Um, another thing if you're going to try and you know take on a big project you you know you really just you need to already see what resources are out there you know if there's already some free models to download if there's already free textures you know um, or even to purchase them I'm gonna tell you I bought a female model you know I paid uh, $37 for this female model and it was on sale and uh you know, it was it was a great purchase. Is that an know? hourly rate or like...? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> no, that, that was later that night. Oh, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> 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 you know, I bought this female model and I was, I was gonna try and make my own, you know. I had, you know, I had the camera and, you know, I, I had the photogrammetry software and I was gonna take all these, you know, 100 pictures of some chick and, you know, make the model and all these types of things. And uh, you know, it just it, it, it didn't really it wasn't coming around. So I just bought this model, you know, and it had eight K skin textures and you know, it was a really good model and I from there I just kinda modified it and used it. And so it it, it was money well spent. So, you know, if you wanna do three D, you know, you definitely should look at, you know, sometimes when uh depending on what your project is, sometimes it might be better, you know, to just purchase assets if you can get them cheap versus trying to make all your assets, which is mm. what I used to try and do. You know, if I have a project, I try and make everything. And, you know, it just takes forever. And, and sometimes, like I said, it doesn't even look that good. You spend all that time, and then it's just like, well, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't I come out I think that same that, concept so. really applies
1: yeah. for a lot of stuff these days. Because, like, uh, for, like, the graphic design stuff and web design stuff, I used to do stuff from scratch but it doesn't make sense anymore like i can't charge enough well no one's going to be willing to pay me enough to do anything from scratch for the most part so most of the time i'm going to say okay i'll buy a template or buy a a pre-made model like you said and then i'll tweak it to match what i need and that makes it, it saves me a ton of time and it makes it you know economical for someone who's paying me to be able to afford what i'm doing for them
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say if you do or if you are into like making your own stuff from scratch, find a way to flip that and it. Be the one selling that to people. You know, if you actually do enjoy that process of you know. Yeah, because
1: thirty-seven dollars a pop is not terrible. I don't know how much time was put into that, but thirty-seven dollars. If I sell that, a couple thousand. Yeah, but if they sell
0: it a bunch of times,
2: then yeah. Yeah. Well, this particular model it wasn't just you know a, a handmade model you know this was one where you know this particular company and they they're not the only one but you know they used a process called photogrammetry which you can get a, a free uh app or something like that that can do it <clears throat> like on your cell phone you can take a whole bunch of different pictures of an object and then you know run it through this photogrammetry software and it'll stitch it together and make a 3d model so you know what they have is probably something with like you know maybe 50 to a hundred uh, you know expensive DSLR cameras something shooting you know like 4k uh, or, or you know higher resolution photos or something like that and you know it will basically take all those pictures from you know a dozen hundreds of different angles and put it together and mm-hmm. make a 3d model you know and then it's they have that so it's actually a model of an actual female and then you know get the skin textures, and all these things right, too, so you know it's a really detailed model. Um, you know, really good skin texture is a, a real big thing when it comes to 3 d if you, If you don't have good textures, good high resolution textures, you know your model's just not going to look that good. yeah, especially up close, you know stuff in the background you, you know you could get away with some lower res stuff, but anything that's going to be close up, you're definitely going to need you know something like 8k or so and and humans are another thing that are kind of tough when it comes to 3d you know even when you look at some of the biggest budget hollywood movies out there you know sometimes the 3d humanoids are you know sometimes they're not all that convincing you know even with a team of dozens of really talented artists you know that you know that human uh you know, what is it called? The, un- the Uncanny Valley. You know, it's a thing that's still kind of out there. Well, did So, uh, earlier
1: we were talking about uh, yeah. outside of the broad podcast, we were talking about Infinity War. So, I saw that and I thought uh, on that same topic, I thought uh, Thanos looked relatively human. Like, he I it was obvious, you know, I knew he was a model from the jump, but I watched a lot of their behind the scenes and they had a whole bunch of, like, they did a whole lot of mocap to get him looking the way he did, but even with him, like you could tell it wasn't—it wasn't as good as. It wasn't obviously he wasn't a human. I guess I'll say that. Like you could tell it had been animated on some level, and right. I think part of it was that the actor playing him is not the same size as him, obviously, and so even if you mocap the actor who's that whatever size he is he looked pretty short then you've got to scale him up and that made his movements look a little funny because you got to scale his movements up a little bit too or you're basically having you know it's like having a doing a motion capture on a kid and then putting it on a big adult's body and it's just not going to look right I would
2: assume well with mocap you know and, and you know I've, I've worked with a little mocap you know just with some low budget type of uh Solutions. Motion capture is actually, it's it's really, it's really tricky, and it's expensive. You know, there isn't really a really good solution for motion capture that's really affordable mm-hmm. that I've seen yet. You know, even the ch- the cheaper solutions, even the ones that are you know, a decent. You know, some might be all, uh, you know, videos or whatever. It might take a bunch of cameras, maybe you know, four to eight. And do it like that. And some might also use like a sensor on a kind of a exoskeleton type of suit. Or uh, something you might put on your body and track your movements like that. Um, You know, a lot of the cheaper ones. And I've even seen some of the stuff that's really expensive. You know, I mean, we're talking like a $100,000 room with all these cameras and suits, you know. And even then, you know, they still have to clean up a lot of the the Mm. mocap that they get out of it. So most capture is still one of those things that it's kind of tough, um, you know, and it's expensive at the end of the day. You know, for people like me, you know, are always looking for some type of cheaper solution. And, you know, right. I, I haven't seen it yet. You know, I've, I, I won't say any names of any, um, any of the companies. I don't know if I can or not, but I won't say any names. But I've tried a few and I uh, haven't seen anything really affordable yet.
1: So with the the things that you're uh, the things that you've done in 3D uh, is it is the stuff that you do mostly a translation of things that you would have normally drawn? Uh,
2: not usually for me uh, actually the main thing I've been using 3D for lately is actually to incorporate mm-hmm. into live-action footage so, you know, you get some software and, you know, you've got video of whatever it is you're taking video of, you know, and then you track your footage and then, you know, integrate some 3D models. You know, I, I know you've done things like yep. that with things like text and, you know, some some relatively simple things. But, you know, trying to put like, a, you know, trying to put like a humanoid character in there and interact with it and things like that is something that. Uh, you know, I've been working on, and it's one of the hardest things. Like I say, you know, when you talk about Thanos and some of these other characters, you know, or even a robot or something like that, you know, it's it's not a human, so it can l- look a certain way. You know, you're really more or less just saying, you know, does it look right? Does it look like it fits? You know, and that's a little easier to do than to try and pass off of a convincing... Mm-hmm human you know because there's so many nuances to a human you know that you'll you you look at and something will just not look right you know even when you look at the i've seen some of the most high-tech you know 3d humans that they put on screen with all these textures and you know these all these nuances and moves the way the nose switch the eyes all this kind of stuff and it it just doesn't it still doesn't Mm -hmm. quite look right
0: that reminds me of, like, Polar Express, like, I mean, I know that's from years ago, but I remember, like, they tried, it's like they threw everything in it and just still was, like, like, just off, just kind of weird, <laughs> you know?
2: Right, right, uh, yeah, yeah, like, so that's what they call the Uncanny Valley, it's, you know, it, it's not quite right, and the cl- what's weird is the closer it gets, the more, I guess... Yeah. We kind of don't almost like uncomfortable.
1: it. It's like something's bothering me. But that's where I, I kind of I think the ones that have been more successful, the ones where they just say screw that valley, we're going the other direction like um like a lot of the Pixar stuff where they just like clearly like make it a cartoon, cartoon. they it... don't try and make it like it's kind of looking trying to look real, and they just say screw it, yeah. we're going to exaggerate some stuff cuz that's easier to deal
2: with. Yeah. Yeah, you know, working with an art style like that, you know, at that point, you know, when you're not going for realism, you know, then, yeah, you just, you, right. know, you just, it's a style, you know, whatever style you want to do, and that's what it is, but like I say, you know, sometimes you do have to try and get that realism, um, like I say, mo- mostly for integrating, you know, VFX, you know, uh, into live action footage is where you're really going to need that, and you know like I say even the big the biggest companies out there you know they're doing it to varying degrees of success so it's definitely tough yeah I was gonna say it seems like also at least in general
1: a lot of the because I remember back in the day like if your movie if you saw a movie that had like 3d in it it was like amazing and it was you know like a reason to celebrate or something a reason to go see a movie because I remember like when toy story came out that was like a big deal and then like uh is that movie called Beowulf? That was one of the early oh, ones. Oh yeah Beowulf and it was like yeah, a big deal. Like... But now it's like, you know, regular sitcoms on T V will have some 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 level of uh you know three D graphics in them.
2: Really? Yeah, yeah, people don't realize how much they use that. You know, on the Beowulf thing that that was actually I believe that was live action with some type of 3D uh, mm. modification to it and then of course also 3D like with the glasses you know I guess stereoscopic right. is the right term. Uh, I did see that in theaters and you know oh, it was really good. <laughs> it was really good at Later the time on, but looking though, back you know, I, not so much I got, well, it, was, it was good because it looked like they tried to integrate the 3D to me but after that you know it just almost seemed like a gimmick and people were just tacking on the three D, you know, to get a couple extra dollars at the theater. You know, they wouldn't even, you know, like something would jump out at you here and there. Yeah, and yeah, because I've definitely paid that. extra, <laughs> which is a brother. Oh, I've paid. Paying extra, paying well, no, stuff. I didn't pay.
1: <laughs> no, 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 but oh, I you, saw you're paying Moana. That uh, <laughs> it's a Pixar movie. Um, it was pretty good, but I I got oh. free tickets some kind of way, but. Um, I saw that in 3D and it had, it had a few little things in there that were 3D but a lot of them it's like a few minor things in 3D but a lot of it wasn't even in 3D so it's like these glasses are annoying and if you take them off it looks crazy so, so you gotta like, keep them on, but it was like they didn't take full advantage of the 3D opportunities they had
2: yeah a- absolutely not um, <clears throat> but go- going back to what you were saying about uh, you were talking about... You were saying something about Toy Story. 3D well, like, uh, was big back Beowulf. then.
1: It was like a big deal and it was only in big budget films but like now like regular shows like some like regular TV I, shows that you'd see like Star Trek and stuff right. like that would have it now. Well Star Trek isn't really on anymore I don't think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well there's like new Star Trek well, something or other. But like yeah. you'll see it now because I was watching... Yeah, there's I, some show I was watching. Go ahead. I forget the name of it but... Like, it's got a, a... Some part of it happens in space. So, in the first episode or a couple episodes where they're establishing things, they'll show some stuff happening in space. and It's got obvious 3D graphics. Actually, it was uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, they have some obvious... There's obvious 3D stuff in there. And then, you can tell... They kind of consolidate the 3, 3D stuff together because they don't want to do it a lot. And then the rest of the episodes will kind of have, you know, just regular live-action stuff. But it's starting to get more prevalent...
2: Right, Probably more so than people even realize. Actually, I've watched some Uh uh, VFX breakdowns. And you would be surprised how much they use VFX and, you know, some 3D also in just for very mundane things. You know, obviously when there's some, you know, uh, landscape that you can't have in real life, some fantasy or something like that, you know, they'll use it. But, you know, even just to add, like, two trees in the background, you know, I mean, it doesn't even seem like something, you won't notice it, but if you watch the breakdown, you know, they'll they'll put two trees there, you know, or it, it could be I've seen where they'll just add, like, snow, you know, to a regular ground, and they'll kind of add white, you know, it's not necessarily 3D, they might just uh, do some matte painting or something like that, uh, you know, stuff like that, like I say, they'll add cars in the background. You know. I know
0: they removed Superman's mustache. <laughs> oh, in Justice yeah. League
2: <laughs> it didn't look good. It did no. not. Look good. <laughs> I That's don't weird. know. You can actually look. I saw a video. It's funny you mentioned that, but somebody on the internet they use uh, deep fakes. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. Well, deep fakes is uh, it's a software that I guess a lot of people don't know about it, but you can, if you have a bunch of pictures of a person's face, you know, like some celebrity or whatever, you can basically use the software to put anyone's face on over another face in a video. Mm -hmm. So, it's kind of almost like Photoshop for video, but for faces. You know, you use something like it if you ever see those apps on your phone that put like, you know, glasses or or the dog nose or whatever on your face. Oh, yeah. right, I guess. But, you know, you use, it's like that, but obviously more complex. And somebody put out a video where they just used deepfakes and a bunch of pictures of Henry Cavill without the mustache and ran it through the software, and it looked so much better than what they used (laughs) for the movie. And they spent what, like ten million dollars or something, removing his mustache. I think they said, <laughs> and it didn't look that good.
0: Somebody got a nice invoice. <laughs> like, yeah, I got him.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that guy, you know, whoever he was, he used that. But that—that's the controversy about deep fakes. If you once you go look at it, like I say, you'll—you'll you'll find a bunch of Nicolas Cage videos. I don't know why, but everybody's just putting Nicolas Cage's face over all these because he different was in face actors. off actors face off but um you know there's i'm ob- looking at it
0: i'm looking at it now yeah because there's a picture of him nicholas cage on i guess what is her name Lo- uh, lois, lois lane's face Lane. yeah
2: did, did you look at the one though with him that that they did with henry Cavill?
0: yeah well i see a picture it says $300 but dollar budget in the 500 years on the computer it looks <laughs> like all right
2: right so you know that's one like I say it's a little controversial a lot of people just don't know about it but you know now that we're getting into this political climate where you know you've got you know people talking fake news and fake this and fake that you know it's just like uh, typically speaking a video was always considered authentic you know if they caught you on tape it was a done deal you know whereas pictures could be manipulated and things like that, but now everybody's screaming fake news and you know and reverse fake news and all these types of things. So now with deep fakes, people might start saying, "Ah, oh, it wasn't me. You know, that was deep. Man, people, that was deep fakes. You know, somebody set that up and did that. I didn't say that. I didn't do that." Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. it looks <laughs> real, realistic, I didn't even realize it was her. I mean, that was Nicolas Cage at first. I was like,
2: why does she look like that?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, there's there's a lot out there. Uh from what I understand, you know, like I say, I think it the development of it was probably also driven by the porn industry. You know, it oh,
1: driven-
2: yeah. yeah, drives with- everything. Yeah, with- a- <laughs> with- hey, yeah, It'll get us on
0: it it'll-, it'll get us to Mars.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it might.
1: <laughs> that's why we have Blu-rays instead of HD DVDs, or whatever the the competition was for Blu-ray. Is it really? Did
2: porn go with one, and so it, it just went that way?
1: That's what I I mean. I don't I don't have any insider info, but that's basically like when it was happening. I was talking to a coworker of mine. And he was like, "Yeah, that's what's gonna make the decision. Whichever way they go is the way that everyone else is gonna go, because that's a, a lot of the purchases are from there."
0: Hmm.
1: Well, that was probably definitely a while ago,
2: because I don't know if you yeah. Did it. That was, like, the animal. early days
1: of Netflix when you could still rent, you know, get a DVD sent to you. Right, right. But, like Back of um, my day. <laughs> <laughs> sound like some old men. But, like, uh, the other thing I was going to say, like, we've talked in previous podcasts about the importance of always continuing to learn, and I think that's kind of echo- being echoed by what you're saying, Charles, is, like, uh... If you hadn't bothered to try and do a lot of research and learning and understanding the better way of uh, new ways of doing 3D modeling or changing people's faces or whatever, then you'd still be doing it the old-fashioned way and taking a long time and probably coming out with subpar results. So I think it's really, really important to just stay up on technology. Not necessarily stay up on technology per se, but just stay up on what you're trying to be good at so you can learn and be better.
2: Yeah, you know, that's that's true. You know, my my results are still typically subpar, but. um, (laughs) Yeah, but you're not
1: doing it the hard way. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't mind. I think my point is not necessarily that you're going to be great at it because we know that's not possible. But what I'm saying is like you want to if there's a better way of doing it, I want to find the better way because it might be easier and it might allow me to spend more time fine tuning that part that's
2: going
0: to make mine better. Word saying I keep saying recently is "done is better than perfect."
2: No arguments there, you know. I mean, having something is better than nothing. You know, I think yeah. as an artist, sometimes you get caught up in, you know, the perfectionist that you just it's not quite right and it doesn't look good. And you know, the the way the internet is set up, you know, a lot of times people are so critical you can feel that way. You know, it's just like. You, you could post something good and people are just like, Ah, it's crap, bro. Uh you need to retire, you know, just all the comments are terrible. Yeah. You know. Um so so you you're feeling like, man, I've really gotta put something amazing out there, but you know, just, just put something out. You know, it's better than nothing and uh you know, just work on your you know, work on your trade or your craft or whatever it is you're trying to do. You know, you guys you know, I've said it before, now I'm gonna say it on the podcast, you two I feel, are a good example of that, you know, because I, 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 I know I told you, I didn't say it we're in school, but, you know, back when we were in school, a lot of your art wasn't that good, you know, just going to be honest. All right, you all right this podcast, podcast is over. I got to go. All yeah. right. <laughs> Thank you for calling. It. We need a new guest. Right. <laughs> you know, as, as, as you know, looking at your art now, you know, like, you know, Dave, the stuff, you know, after you got out of school and, you know, <laughs> the stuff you do now, I was just like, wow, these guys have gotten so good. And then you showed me some of uh, Anthony's stuff and, you know, he had gotten really good. I mean, like, you know, you guys were pro-level artists. And so I just really thought that was, um, it's just really amazing to show what you could do if you just really practice. Whereas for me personally, I felt like I was at a pretty, not to sound cocky, but, you know, I was at a pretty good level when I was younger. And I'm more or less still there,
0: you're you know. He
2: peaked in high school. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I, there, there's another artist who i You guys might know. I'm not going to mention any names, but you know, he kind of peaked out like middle oh, school.
0: Yeah, I know who you're talking
2: about. Yeah, you know, I was <laughs> like, I mean, he used to be so good. I was just like, yo, this guy. You know, people used to compare us. And I honestly thought he was better than me, but I never said it. But his was so good. I was like, "How's he doing this?" <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, and then I saw. I, you know, I didn't see him for a while, and you know, by the time I saw him again some years later, you know, I was like, "Yo, what do you got?" You know, let me see. And you know, I, I you know, I wasn't impressed. You know, I'm never gonna be discouraging somebody or anything like that. But you know, I was just. Like, well, you want to
0: you want to see your evolution. I mean, I think. I know for me, because I mean, I mean, that's, you know, same for me. It's like I always thought there are mad people that could draw better than me. But like, yeah. I always felt that being able to critique yourself is the best tool. Like, you know, being able to do that is what's going to allow you to evolve. So that, you know, 10 years from now, you're not. It's like, oh, you still draw like that? Oh, huh. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, you got to be able to, you know, willing to evolve and be able to see the error in your own stuff you know in order to do that also, it also helps it also it helps to go through like a breakup and then like not leave the house for three years and just paint all the time that also helps
2: never been there though.
0: yeah well you should try that <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: no
1: nah, I, I don't want to be that good at
0: painting <laughs>
2: I think uh, you know one. Well, I'll tell you guys about that later after the podcast. <laughs> but uh, one, one thing that for me personally, you know, that used to help me when you were talking about critique your own work. You know, I feel like sometimes you look at it so long, it starts to look normal. And what I used to do, if it's on paper, I would actually hold it up to the light backwards, uh, look through the back of the paper, and see it backwards, and mm. it look way different you know like i could see the proportions where it was off and things Mm. like or you know if it's not paper you know i i would look at it in a mirror or something and when you see it backwards for me personally, i don't know if it's gonna work for everybody but it really helped me to see where i was off you know on certain things yeah i do the same thing
1: well i don't i used to do it well like in photoshop if i was designing something sometimes i would just stop print it out hanging on the wall across from my cube and then just look at it and like, oh, <laughs> the, the problem's right there in front of your face. You couldn't see it when it was in Photoshop. But I mean, I think it's, I know in, we've talked about like design blindness and I think that can happen to you because like, if you're, like you said, you look at the same thing too long, you, you kind of assume things are okay and you don't get a fresh perspective. And it's not always possible to get perspective from someone else. Like I think it's cool when you're in an environment where you have someone else who knows about design or art that can kind of give you some ideas or some pointers or suggestions. But, unfortunately, you know, Charles lives in Alabama and Anthony lives in uh, Atlanta, so I can't just show them everything, so it's easier if I'm able to kind of do it myself.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think everything I do sucks, so that also helps. Um... But the one thing I have, I did notice, like I don't know why it works, but just take a picture of it with your phone, mm-hmm. and it, be just because you're not going to be perfect straight on with it, 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 it'll show you things that you didn't see before. Or I used to like go to sleep and I had the easel in the same room as where my bed was, and I'd wake up and be like, oh, that's what I did wrong. You <laughs> because I'm look, you know, we wake up and look at it with fresh eyes. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, just step away. I, I think, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's valuable to have other peers. I mean, that's one thing I haven't I I need to leave the house more here in Atlanta to find people like that. I mean, the internet helps with that because you can put stuff out there. I mean, I don't regularly have people coming around saying your work sucks on my stuff but it's happened. Well, not they didn't say it sucked, but somebody did make a comment one time and was like, well, I normally like your work, but I don't know what's going on here. (laughs) I blocked them, but they were right. <laughs> no. It was Charles. He's like, "Well, your work is getting a lot better, but." Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my aliases. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think I was just a little. You can get it's easy to get cocky when you're showing your stuff to people that aren't artists because they can be like, "All right," because they're gonna like either that or it's people you know and they just like everything you do it can get, you can get a little jaded with it, so, I mean, you got to find ways to, you know, get around people that are better than you, so that you realize that you suck.
2: Yep. Yeah, I uh, I know a lot of times, at least back in the day, you know, when I used to actually try and, you know, I, I don't want to say find people that did art, but, you know, if I met somebody and they happened to be, oh, you know, i draw, I'd be like, oh, really, and you know, I, I would try and, you know, see what they had, and a lot of times I was disappointed, you know, but occasionally, now, I can think of maybe a couple of people that I bumped into, you know, I wasn't expecting a whole lot, and they just really blew me away, like, you know, they just are real artists, you know, for, like, for me personally, I'm not the type of person I consider to be a real artist, you know, I, I am a person who can draw, you know, design some things, you know, draw from off the top of my head and such, but, Sometimes I run into people uh, occasionally who really just, I'm talking, you know, you go to their house and they've got these really amazing, amazing artworks, you know, and you could just tell, you know, they spent hours and hours on them and it, it really impresses me and I just, I don't, I don't even think I have the patience to, to really dedicate that many hours to one painting.
0: Oh, like photorealism and stuff like that?
2: or just whatever. Or just know?
0: whatever. So, just like the
2: hyper-detailed stuff. Just, just Whatever. You know, I mean, sometimes yeah. it's, that's the thing about art. You know, sometimes it is that, and sometimes it's... I'm not real big on abstract, but you know, uh, sometimes, like I said, you could just see... It just looks good, man. I don't know what else to say, but... Yeah. Uh, not i the same way. I could fake... I could pretend to be able to
0: do abstract, but it's not it's just not the same as somebody that really does abstract like I could fake it but nah you know (laughs) it's just not the same as somebody that that's really what they're that's their thing you know yeah when I but I think I never
1: really appreciated abstract until I took an art class that focused on contemporary art and then I started to get some appreciation for it because it's like I don't know I, I used to be a big fan of hyper realism or just like realism in general in terms of like if I'm drawing something it should look like what I'm drawing it shouldn't look it shouldn't be a simplified version of it it shouldn't like have the their ear on their side of their face or something weird like but once I got into it I realized like how much for a, a, an artist who really is talented it takes some effort to actually do abstract or like minimalist type of drawings and stuff like that there's some drawing I think it was by Picasso I think he drew a bowl and it's just one continuous line um and it looks really simple and you're like oh, I could do that but it's not <laughs> And it looks once I saw some of the stuff like his work and then like we had to study like Jackson Pollock and Chuck Close and some other artists and after you kind of see how it was done it becomes more impressive but a lot of times when you look at it some of the stuff I saw
0: when I looked at it, I was like
1: that's oh, it's just some boxes it's nothing impressive
0: Yeah Well and that's the fake version people try right. to do But, yeah, they just think it's... Yeah, but there's a certain essence to it. Because, I mean, yeah, I'm the same way I used to try it. I mean, I think it's good to learn how to draw correctly. Quote, unquote, correctly. Yeah,
1: you're supposed to learn the rules before you break them.
0: Yeah. I think that's important because it makes your work better when you do decide to break the rules. Um, But I think, like, I know with my stuff, I don't try to go super hyper-realistic because, like, I don't get that much free time. And also... Hyperrealism. I also have a camera, so you don't need me to do that. So, um, <laughs> I'll just take a picture if you want it photorealistic. I'll just take a picture and tell you I painted it. But um, I, I don't know. It, it just—it's it, more than that. It's like it has to be more than just that kind of the process of creating something for a really long time for me. Yeah. Which I think people that do that—it's more of a personal thing for them. Do they like to do it? Like the cathartic nature of working on something that long, whereas I'm more, I'm impatient. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just not the same for me. That's not what I want to get out of it. It's more of a for me. It's more of a the essence or of like a feeling or some kind of emotion I want to get out of it more so than is it's just done. You know, I, don't, I mean, I don't want it to look off. You know, you gotta have your eyes lined up for me and stuff like that. You know, I don't want to look at it and be like, this is just not right it'll bother me forever but like getting all the perfect strokes high, you know smoothing everything out that I have no interest in that
2: <laughs> you know I uh, was looking at this guy you know I, I forget his name he's got a YouTube channel he does some good art you know he does uh, kind of uh, some superhero type of stuff and you know him and and others that I've seen not just him you know now with this digi- digital art uh, that a lot of people do you know, he starts with uh, an actual photo. So he'll get, if he's going to do, uh, like, maybe him, or he'll do a, a a picture of him and his friends as, you know, some, we'll just say the X-Men or some group like that. And, you know, he'll get his friends over and, you know, they might even dress up just for fun. It's not really necessary. But, you know, they'll pose and take various pictures and then he'll put it into his tablet and all that stuff and he'll kind of start tracing over it you know using that as an outline and then you know uh going on and it doesn't take away from the art skill you know even though like I say he's not really starting from mm-hmm. scratch because you know once he gets to you know I mean he, he does all this stuff with the lighting and the shading and these lines and you know it, it doesn't look like the photo when he's done but using that as a reference you know just to get the hands right, and you know the proportions right, and things of that nature. Um, you know, it's not something that I do, and I, uh, like I say, I, it probably back in the day would almost felt like cheating, but now, you know, in in this day, you know, I, I don't really think that's necessarily bad. You know, it's something I consider trying to work on, also myself. Yeah. Well, I
0: remember um, learning that, like a lot of the like people you know masters and stuff like that they had their own ways of cheating back then <laughs> like using projectors well they didn't use all have, have projectors but they had their own ways of you know cheating to get you know get quicker results
1: yeah I definitely like in college I think I we did, get like so I had to, I was just drawing this picture of Biggie It's a, I made a painting of it actually you can see it somewhere on the internet but when I started it I was struggling trying to get it right my teacher was like what are you doing make a photocopy of the picture and just make it bigger just blow it up on the copier and then put it on a window and trace it and just get the general shapes you need and then you can come back and do the details like the normal way so I did it and it worked perfectly cause I yeah. it was just like I mean, I mean think minor things but it just helped me get like okay the eye should be here the nose should be here that type of stuff cause it just wasn't lining up using like my traditional methods of drawing yeah
0: the first, some of the first port. When I did those like portraits of like famous people or whatever, I I was doing that mm-hmm. for them. I found a way to like cheat it so that I could get the nose, the mouth, and the eyes right. Everything else I can figure that out, but I need this to be right. correct. <laughs> you know, otherwise I'm going to spend a really long time messing with it. I, mean, I just I just did that recently on a painting. I spent way too much time messing with it versus if I had just done that, I could have moved on to what was really important with the painting. Not you know, I mean, eventually you learn. Because I had done that for a while and then I got better so I could kind of pick up on the stuff and I didn't have to do that as much, but like, I don't know, there's no shame in doing it if you you know, especially if you're on a time schedule, you want to get this stuff done. Like, you're not proving anything by sitting there and you know.
1: I don't think anyone's you know. going to care in the end. That was like, uh, did you cheat on this painting?
0: Yeah, it's not like ghostwriting, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: uh, we're going to wrap things up soon. But the one other thing I want to talk to you about, Charles, was you have kids. That's true. Um, do you? I know and we've talked before about your daughter having artistic talents and stuff like that. What do you do or do you try and encourage her in that area? Um. Yeah. Or do you want her to pursue other things?
2: Uh, well, you know, it's definitely not a bad skill to have, and, um, you know, my my child has shown a bit of promise in it, so, you know, I'll, I'm going to be honest, you know, I should be more active in, you know, really trying to teach her and show her, because, you know, the talent's there, and I can mm-hmm. see that, uh, but I really don't, she's, she's also left-handed like me, and, you know, I know you, I don't know about you, Anthony, but... no. I'm normal. (laughs) Ah, right. um, She's good. Uh, You know, and I should be more active with that. But a lot of times, you know, I'm just going to be honest while we're we're being here. I kind of more tell her to go draw when she's bothering me. So, you know, I should do better. But, you know, like when she's really bothering me, I get this pencil and paper, go draw. You know, whereas I should probably helper, more, you know, kind of teach Mm. her things. A lot of times I might draw something and be like, go try to draw this, you know. So I should definitely be better.
0: I I, I think I fall in that same area with my son. Like, I really should be teaching him how to draw, but I've noticed with kids, it's hard to teach your own kid how to do stuff sometimes. Like, especially if they don't want necessarily have the passion for it, but on the other hand, you kind of got to force them to do it and then they'll start to like it maybe like my son is learning how to use adobe premiere pro now but he's really interested in making videos to put on youtube so he's gonna know premiere pro (laughs) and that's been easy for me to teach him because that's something he's actually interested like he's interested in drawing but it's not the same excitement of like okay i can put this video game i'm playing i can up record it chop it up put it on youtube and you know it people can see it he's not getting that immediate feedback from just a drawing you know but i should probably yeah my my, both my daughters (laughs)
1: like drawing and i've tried to i draw with them sometimes and they watch a lot of youtube videos on how to draw and stuff like that but i need to teach them more but i think yeah it can be difficult to teach your own kid I sent them to... They went to a drawing class this summer. They actually... So, that's a good thing, I feel like, with, you know, the advancements and technologies and stuff like that. Like, there are videos out there that they can watch, and then my kids went to a comic book art class this summer, like, so they got to draw their own comic book this summer. They really liked it. So, things like that, I felt like if I had had those opportunities, I'd probably be better at what I do now. Maybe. I don't know. I might still be
0: trash. But... You had drawing classes.
1: Yeah, we took some drawing classes, but they weren't like... like. That. Oh, yeah, so they
0: weren't like that. I felt
1: like, yeah, those drawing classes we took, I felt like I was better than the teacher. And that was back then <laughs> when I was trash still, so...
0: <laughs> well, that is a thing. I don't feel like at any point in school did somebody really teach me how to no. draw.
1: Most of my drawing I learned... Well, I had one teacher in high school that... Taught me some things about three-point perspective and stuff like that, but um, yeah, most a lot of the new stuff I learned, uh, like when I really started to understand the why why I was doing things the way I was doing, was in college, because like I knew how to do it, but I didn't understand the uh the the, like the concepts and stuff behind it.
2: Well, I think one thing about class, a lot of times teachers they wanted to kind of get you. I, uh, more out of your comfort zone, you know. They weren't, at least for me, when I, whenever I had art classes, it wasn't like, okay, everybody draw what you want, you know. They were more like, okay, I'm gonna set up this still life. You got to draw this, and yeah. you know, this, and you got to draw it, but you got to use charcoal, you know, and you got to use this type of paint or that type of paint, you know, and you, you got to use these conte crayons or what have you, you know. So draw this um,
0: naked guy. I don't know why he has a weird piercing.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't draw any naked men. But, <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that was just me? Okay, all right. I did not sign it's up true. for that class. That was an elective. <laughs> I do not class actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was just free time. But anyway, you know, it, it, they kind of, like I say, you know, if it was up to me, I would just got a pencil and paper and drew, you know. But you know, they would really make us, you know, draw a bunch of different things and even you know, I was young and, you know, it's kind of a lot of money for art supplies. So, you know, instead of just getting, you know, a, a cheap pencil and sheet of paper and drawing, you know, they'd be like, you got to get these markers that are, you know, $10, 15 and you got to get these crayons that are 20 bucks. You need this fancy paper pad thing that's this many dollars. So i was like, man, you know, just, just the, the supplies are kind of high when you start going from just the pencil and paper to, you know, like, Canvases and y- you know things yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, I know when I got when I got into oil painting. I mean, it because I spent like three hundred dollars on supplies, and I was like, "Well, guess I'm an oil painter now." <laughs> no, I,
2: I couldn't do it. Like all at once, three hundred dollars. I just I couldn't. You know, I blew. I spent five hundred fifty dollars on a camera, and I just thought that was the most outrageous amount of money ever. That's a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> For I, got, uh, I won't say any you know. I got the I got 4K video and things like that, but um, yeah, it's a, it a it's, it's a mirrorless. I didn't go to DSLR, but what yeah. what do you have? What kind of I don't know if you can say what type of cameras. Can we say that on this podcast? Um
0: yeah, I mean <laughs> no, I have a D D9, Nikon D ninety. It's not it's not anything special.
2: Okay, but, I got a D seven Panasonic.
0: Oh, I was, my job has a couple of GH3s. I was thinking about getting one, but it's kind of old, so I may just wait and get anywhere one. But Yeah.
2: H5, no. So those are, if you want to shoot video, Panasonic yeah. is probably the best. You know, as far as like photos, I don't do a lot of photos, so I don't know. You know, but yeah. for video, Panasonic seems to be the best. And, you know, as far as affordable cameras go
0: yeah I mean you know you get something like that you can have it for a while and you know find a way to make money off of it and you will know, pay for it so
2: so <laughs> right that reminds me of um, now you know I it seems like I heard I don't know if you remember when we were in art school we had an art teacher I won't say her name and she like disappeared do you guys remember that? Mm, kind of yeah I remember
1: she was there around like when we were in elementary and early high school right but yeah then she bounced and i don't know what happened yeah. i've seen her i saw her maybe like several years ago
2: yeah well talking about the money aspect you know I, it's not don't quote me cuz i'm not 100% sure if this is what happened but it seems like that's what i heard is that um you know we as the art class we paid uh, however much our our dues were for art supplies and things like mm-hmm. that for the year, and the school actually did—did did these people know what school we went uh-huh. to?
1: It doesn't matter. Well,
2: Wait, anyway, <laughs> uh, okay, I just put them all blast. But anyways, I think um, from what I understand, she left because they took the art money that you know we had g- gave for supplies and like put it to something else that wasn't art. So, you know, she actually got mad about it, which, you know, that is, I think
1: it's understandable. Well, it's not understandable. I don't think I don't agree with it in any way, but it kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. It's like, why are we putting money into art? Like, that's not impressive to say our students went on to be artists or web designers or, you know, whatever. It's more impressive to say, well, Dr. So-and-so graduated from here or whatever. Like, so it's easy for some people. It's easy, I guess, to make that justification. Because why are we putting money into art? And I think that's that's sad that that happens because I think like, I mean, like we were saying earlier, I think I probably would have benefited from more art classes and more, you know, more not just some after school halfway type of thing, but if it had been more consistent, I probably would be better because I, you know, had more time to practice.
0: Yeah. Well, art's always, it, I think it's Devalued. I mean, and even for us, because the fact that we don't see these people as examples, even though we're surrounded by art constantly. I mean, I think it's just the nature of, you know, just how we look at things, because, I mean, yeah, we are surrounded by art and artists and things that are everything is driven by art around us. But we don't look at it as something that is valued. It's a commodity, you know
2: absolutely because like
1: oh, i'm i'm sure charles you've yeah. seen like those uh, companies that like we did an episode about it, but there's companies now that do uh like automated logo design so you just kind of tell them hey my company sells bread and it's called the bread company and it'll spit out a logo for you and like there's a lot of a lot of automated stuff now i mean because like there's website builders and stuff like that so uh, i think like yeah, it's becoming devalued on some on some level, but I, you know, I feel like there's always gonna be a way to make money if you can design and do art stuff, so I'm not too concerned. Absolutely. You
2: okay. know, yeah, you could definitely make money now now, like I say, if you're gonna be filthy rich, you know, a millionaire, billionaire. Probably not. Of it, I don't know <laughs> Probably about not. That, but no, you can definitely make a living for sure. Yep. Yeah, you
0: you can live with it you can live off of it, and nowadays with the access and the tools we have, it's like <laughs> it's hard to make an excuse not to be able to find a way to do something so' cause we have you know all the free marketing tools that we have access to, and you know ways to find your your tribe and your you know or people that will actually appreciate your art, it's easier than ever was before,
1: yep well uh. Let's go ahead and wrap it up I want to thank Charles for joining us uh any closing
2: words nope I don't have anything you know just thanks to the people out there who listening you know, I don't know how big your audience is but you know I just like to thank them you know for for listening in and hopefully you know they learned something or, or you know pick something up that can help them out you know um, that's about it all right but- well thanks
1: to the listeners and everybody else for tuning in uh, remember to check out our shop on alienmuffin.threadless.com where you can get some t-shirts and stuff we have stuff on sale uh, sweater weather is coming so you can pick up a hoodie or a sweatshirt or whatever um, yeah so thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time yep see it